One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today, I have a profound interview for you with the one and only Jason Robel. Jason happens to be one of the world's most prolific vegan chefs whose yoga journey began in the kitchen serving high-vibration foods at world-renowned Jiva Mukti Cafe. On this uplifting episode, Jason reveals the value of goal-setting to truly give a jumpstart on your New Year's resolution. And so I encourage people to anchor in the sense that you are enough exactly as you are right now and that there is more expansion and more evolution waiting for you, but be mindful of if you're doing something for the excitement and the joyfulness of your evolution and expansion, or if that motivation is coming from a sense of not enoughness. It's a very fine line, and I think it's an important thing to be clear about. Listen close as we touch on everything from Jason's process of reflection to how to amplify your purpose in 2019 with passion and positivity. Namaste, yogis, and welcome to another epic episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. Today, I have the absolute privilege of sitting before one of the most amazing vegan chefs who has a deep root in the yoga lineage. Jason, how you feeling today? Feeling amazing, brother. It's good to be here with you. Ah, such a blessing, man. Another beautiful day in paradise. How you feeling? I feel really good. I'm, um, I'm feeling a lot of positivity and hopefulness and joy as we wrap up 2018 and um it feels like everyone i'm in contact with has this sense of ecstatic joyfulness um i don't know more so than years past there's a particular energy i'm feeling in in my tribe right now that everyone's like oh everyone's kind of like feeling the energy bubble up and percolate uh so i feel like 2019 man is just going to be an absolutely epic prosperous health-filled year for all of us yeah i feel the health and the wealth on this one for sure and i feel like the conscious collective is at an all-time high and i also feel that we're kind of at the precipice of really bringing forth deeper awareness not only of the vegan movement but also of the sustainability movement and there's so many mindful yogis and just activists coming to the forefront with their teachings. Yeah, it's it's really exciting to be learning from each other. And um, before we started the podcast, you were just telling me about some of your your tangential life skills that that not a lot of people may know about. <laughs> and, and I feel like it's a time where 
um, we obviously have the things that I suppose we're known for, you know, you with your yoga and mindfulness and me with the nutrition and the food, but we've been, we've been learning from each other for so many years. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're all kind of collectively activating our powers in so many different facets and, and things that maybe people don't necessarily know about we're bringing to the forefront. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it, it feels like everyone's just like activating their superpowers right now. Yeah, it's the truth. We're all here to uplift and unite. And I feel that the more that we unite, the more that we can truly uplift together. Yeah. So I feel like definitely a, a great way to start off here because I feel that in December, it's like, one of the main things that a lot of people do is set their New Year's resolutions. Yeah. So I want this podcast to be kind of like a, a storyline as to, you know, how health and wellness can be not only optimizing, but also very focusing in bringing forth a progress towards your New Year's resolution and really helping to make that New Year's resolution a, a true manifestation in your year of 2019. Yeah, I would, I mean, I would love to dig into that because, um, you know, resolutions and, and the idea of discipline and having a very clear answer to your why. I mean, I, I'm as much, uh, I guess, kind of like a life hacker in the mindfulness sense as I am with food. So all, everything you just said, I'm all about it. And I'm actually already <laughs> like talking to people like, all right, here's what you're going to do. And, um, just setting people up for success, you know? Yeah. That's really what we're here for. So I wanted to chat about your beginnings, your humble beginnings. Where did your yoga journey first start? Yeah. So I graduated culinary school in, uh, late fall of 2005, I was up in the Bay Area in Fort Bragg, California, um, about three, four hours north of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And I had I had left Los Angeles to just go on this culinary pilgrimage and um, basically rented a small little cabin up in Fort Bragg for about a month and a half going to culinary school. And when I ended the culinary program at the Living Light Culinary Arts Academy, um, I found myself in a position with my partner at the time. She was living in New York City, also going to culinary school and working for this artist named Peter Max, and she was doing really well financially. And we were kind of in this thing in our long distance relationship where it was like, ah, I'm in Cali, you're in New York, someone's got to budge. Some, somebody's got to make a move here. And she wasn't yet ready to leave what she was creating in New York City. And truthfully, I had always wanted to live in New York City. I loved the vibe in New York. I had done um, some music. Uh, I've been a musician for many years, so some stuff with bands in New York. And I thought, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to leave Cali and, and go to New York City and live with my partner, Amy, at the time. And when I got there, um, fresh out of culinary school, I was looking around for gigs. And one of my culinary mentors, who still is, I still look up to him like a big brother, is uh, Chef Matthew Kenny. Yeah, Matthew Kenny's incredible. He's yeah. actually a great friend of mine. I go to Plant Food and Wine all the time. And I introduced Matthew Kinney to Kip Anderson, who's the founder of What the Health, and they're they're making some epic stuff together. Oh, so, that's a great connection. Yeah, yeah. They're great people. And so that's, that's so incredible. So you yeah. were actually working with Matthew Kenny. Yeah, so I interviewed at the time, he um, he had left Pure Food and Wine in New York and he was starting his new venture, which was um, which was kind of this amazing three-headed culinary monster. He, he was starting the line of blue-green juice bars and cafes in, this was 2006. He also had the plant in Brooklyn, which was kind of his food commissary where he had raw food dinners and it was where they produced all of the food for the juice bars he was running. And then he actually created a concept with Sharon and David at Jiva Mukti Yoga, where they were like, we want to have the Jiva Mukti, T-E-A, like it's going to be a tea lounge and cafe. 
and he was looking for an assistant chef to work under him and really launch the concept. So mm-hmm. this was spring of 06 and, uh, and I got hired. And so I was working under Matthew at the Jiva Mukti Yoga Center. And to that point, you know, I had been, I had been meditating casually for about two years, but I had never actually done a formal yoga practice, never been to a yoga class. I knew about it. But through that introduction of just really basking in the vibes at Jiva Mukti and learning their philosophy and, and really feeling the benefits of mindfulness combined with a vegan diet, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this yoga thing. So mm-hmm. I bought my very first pair of yoga pants. They were hemp and, and cotton. Ooh. Got them hemp yoga pants. Extra hippie. <laughs> very crunchy, very crunchy hemp pants. And I just I just went and started doing yoga. And so, yeah, early 2006 was was my first, I guess, formal introduction. Wow. Yeah. And so in 2006, give me the climate of the Jiva Mukti, like the the whole yoga atmosphere in New York, because I feel like that may have been like some of the the height of that that whole time. I feel like it must have been just like the vibe was electrifying. Yeah. I mean, I here I am like in the epicenter of yoga in, in New York. You know, I, I didn't really know anything about Jiva Mukti. I just knew that it was a vegan cafe and Matthew was running it and I wanted to work and learn from Matthew. So I was like, all right, I'm all about it. But being there, you know, you'd have people come in after yoga class, like, you know, Russell Simmons would come in all the time for Tempe BLTs and, you know, <laughs> We just jaw about music and life and, you know, Sting would come in for the opening party, the grand opening party and Gwyneth Paltrow. And, you know, it was just this celebrity thing where I was like, whoa, it it was really the first indication I had that not only, you know, kind of was Hollywood and the entertainment world being integrated with this mindfulness and the yoga practice and and the devotion of that, but also really digging plant-based food. Yeah. And at that time, man, you know, when I decided to become a vegan chef, it wasn't exactly like this um, set career path. It was like, hold on, you're going to give up acting and music to be a vegan chef. Okay. That's like, you know what I mean? Like, like my mom's reaction was like, all right, that's cool. My mom's actually been very supportive, but 0506, man. I mean, it, it was nowhere near the sense of, I suppose, innovation or how widespread veganism or even yoga culture is now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the past 12 years, it's exploded. But at that time, it was just very exciting to be there making food, meeting these celebrities, um, getting into my yoga practice for the first time, and just living in New York, because that was a trip, man. Coming from Cali to New York is is definitely an, an energetic shift. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And then like going from not only Cali culinary, but like just like the whole atmosphere of how people react to food, you know? And I feel like New York's very like hustle and bustle. They want it. But good thing you were working at a yoga like yoga compound because that's really what Jiva Mukti is. It's such an incredible community of people. Yeah. So being able to serve the yogis, I'm sure was incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. And and just naturally, I just kind of integrated with that vibe and, and started a practice that um, has continued to this day, you know, and, and right now, you know, one of the things that continues to keep me grounded is, is having a mindfulness in a yoga practice because so often, and I know you know this, you know, as an entrepreneur in the world, as someone really giving your gift as an artist and a luminary and someone who, who wants to help end people's suffering and bring them joy, um, you know, there are moments that it can be very, very challenging to run your own business. So even, you know, many years later, 12 years into my practice, it's more important now than it's ever been to me. As I continue to level up and really try and reach more people, there can be moments where that feels very stressful. Mm-hmm. And so to anchor in um, my morning meditation and to anchor in a yoga practice at home uh, is is crucial for me to stay balanced. Definitely. 
So you hear that, listeners? Just anchor in that practice. Keep with it. The dedication does pay off because it gives you that clarity of mind. So I want to ask you, how do you feel food is integrated into not only your own well-being, but the yoga practice itself? It's mm. a great question. My, my philosophy of wellness is definitely rooted in, in food and nutrition because that's what I've studied and been doing for the last 13 years. I also look at food as coming in many forms. So for many, many years, I was, I was so myopically focused on just the food and nutrition and recipe creation and teaching people. But I also started to realize that the food that I was taking into my life came in the form of my relationships. Mm. It came in the form of the thought patterns and the conditioning of what I was believing about life or past conditioning or, or any belief systems that might have been positive or negative. It came in the forms of the type of entertainment and the books and the music and the movies that I was allowing to impact my vibration and my energetic field. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about food now, in terms of, of whole being wellness, I think way beyond what's on the end of my fork. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's look, yes, of course, at what you're putting into your body in your food capacity, but let's look at your relationships. Let's look at your belief systems and your mindset. Let's look at the types of media that you're exposing yourself to or the people you follow on social media. All yeah. of that to me is food. It's what you're consuming. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for me, that that's my approach to wellness is just kind of integrating all of these aspects of how we're feeding ourselves, and uh, what was that? You asked a second half of that question. I went off on that tangent. I can't remember the second. Well, half. how is it integrated into yoga? Uh, that's right. Okay, so for me, one of the biggest things that drew me to yoga was the philosophy of ahimsa, hmm. and this idea of um, also, you know, the, the chant that one of the first chants I learned was um, "Loka Samasta Sukino Bhavantu," and this idea of of really having the sense of ethics and this sense of looking at another living creature and extending the same level of love, compassion, and reverence I extend to myself or any any being. So, for me, already being vegan at that point for see 06 when I started yoga I was already vegan for maybe eight years at that point but when I learned the principle of ahimsa and kind of this direct connection to compassion I was already practicing I was like oh I'm in mm -hmm. so that was a great mirroring in my yoga practice of, of that compassion and that sense of ethics and for me again I feel like if I can stay in a place of centeredness and a place of clarity in a place of where I am practicing responding to life instead of reacting to life from my past conditioning, then to me, that is taking you know yoga off of the mat. It's taking me off of my meditation cushion and in response to life of whatever is getting thrown at me, can I practice yoga in my day-to-day -day interactions? And I feel like all of the practices kind of lead up to that, right? It's like someone cuts me off in traffic. Can I breathe and have compassion for that person? Or perhaps I initiate a new project and it doesn't respond as financially well as I thought it would. Maybe I lose money. Can I respond with love and compassion to that? So I guess in essence, I feel like, you know, food and, and all of these yoga practices just help me to respond with, with more love to daily situations. That's the real yoga. Yeah. You know, the karma yoga, the yoga in action in every deed. Yeah. And I feel that that is really, really what we need in today's society more than ever is that true understanding that your yoga goes far beyond your mat. And when you bring forth a deeper mindfulness as to how you're utilizing your yoga, then you foresee like, wow, 
my whole life is yoga. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and it's funny we we talk about you know taking it off of the mat and in, in into the world. And you know, for me, there were so many times I remember in in my um, the beginning stages of my practices where I, I'd be so zen out after a yoga class, you know, just like dripping with sweat, feeling amazing, and something would happen, you know, on the streets of New York or LA traffic, as I mentioned, <laughs> I would just be like blurting out all the you know, f you raging. And the and I remember just laughing at myself, like you just got out of yoga <laughs> class, bro, and you're raging at this dude on the street. Yeah. So so I've had so many situations where it was like, it's not just about the container of class, like you said. It's how can we practice this day to day that that karma yoga practice. So I invite those reflections, and there are still moments where I <laughs> I slip up a little bit, but that's why it's a practice, right? That's life, you know. It gives you all those challenges that you need to overcome to become the best version of yourself. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I always tell people the universe never gives you anything that you can't handle. And I tell myself that oftentimes too, mm. because there's a lot of times where I feel overwhelmed or when there's too much on my plate or when, you know, a circumstance comes out of nowhere and I'm forced to look at myself and really think like, how can I integrate that sense of breath? How can I bring myself back to that equanimity, back to that peace, back to that bliss, and truly move from there? Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. So when it comes to really transitioning from, you know, your yoga practice into like fully embodying your cooking, what does your present day-to-day -day look like today? Mm. Well, when, when you say that, the first thing that comes up to me is I feel like when, when I'm preparing food, um, out, of, out of necessity and desire, I make a point to be as present as I can possibly be for two reasons. Um, number one, I feel like presence is a synonym of love. I feel that presence and love are very, very close to one another. Wow. That, that we've, that's a golden nugget right there. Presence is a synonym for love. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because I, I remember growing up, you know, and my first culinary experiences were, were with my grandmother, Rose, and my mom, Susan, uh, who are both amazing cooks, just fantastic. And, you know, I remember growing up and it wasn't necessarily that we were using, you know, 100% organic ingredients or the highest vibrational food. But I remember observing and also assisting my mom and my grandma in the kitchen and their level of presence with what they were doing. Every single cut on the cutting board, every single stir of the herbs in the soup, even how they presented the food and, and, and just would rub my back and kiss my forehead. You know, there was such a level of intention and presence with the entire creative process of the meal that that has informed what I do as a chef because I know that if I take the highest quality ingredients right that's that's a no-brainer we're going to get you like the healthiest food but if I infuse it with the intention to heal you and energize you and I am present throughout the entire creative process that is the deepest and highest level of nourishment possible so for me, I just, even when I'm making food for myself at home, I just remember to just really watch the knife going through the vegetables and, and really um, indulge in the smells and the sounds of the cooking mm -hmm. and be as present as I possibly can because I know that that energy is getting infused in the food. That's the truth. And I feel like that energy is literally the energy that we use not only to nourish ourselves, but to nourish others. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always tell people your hands are healing. 
That's what hands are for, for healing. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to think about what you're using them for, you know? For sure. Yeah, because I feel like if, if we're so busy in, in our culture these days where, you know, people are flying through a meal and they're microwaving stuff and they're picking up fast food and they're not having a direct interaction with preparing a meal with that love and intention, we're, we're missing out on that energetic exchange to a large degree. Definitely. Definitely. So cooking with intention obviously does make a meal that much more vibrant. How do you feel in today's society we can really do our best, even with our crazy timelines, you know, with all the things that come up, to really cook with intention in the modern day society? That's a great question. I think one of the one of the biggest, I guess, healthy hacks that I always share with people is everyone's most everyone I know, maybe except for Elon Musk, but he's an alien yes he is he definitely is an alien Um, (laughs) most people I I talk to or work with you know they have one day a week at least where it's a little bit slower usually it's Sunday most people I know it's like Sunday afternoon Sunday evening Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more chill and so I always say take a couple hours on your Sunday to go shopping and prep your meals for the week. Like have your, your Sunday afternoon, your Sunday evening, be a few hours of food prep time. So that way when you get into the, the, the bulk of your week and you're, you're hard charging and you're hustling and you're doing your thing, you've got you know a few quarts of vegan chili. You've got some steamed quinoa and some grilled vegetables. You've got some fresh greens and a pre-made salad dressing. Like these are very, very easy recipes that you could take two to three hours on a Sunday And then your Monday through Saturday during the week, you're covered. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big fan of bulk and batch prepping on whatever your slowest day of the week is. Uh, And there's so many great recipes out there. I mean, my book has great recipes. There are free recipes all over the internet. YouTube is chock full of amazing vegan recipes. So there's no shortage of easy, simple vegan recipes out there. To me, I think it's just people having the discipline and really setting themselves up for success during the week. Planning. You got to plan. So if you take that chunk out of your Sunday or whatever your slowest day is, you bulk prep, man, the rest of your week is just going to be so easy to eat healthy. Hmm. That's that's probably the number one thing I can recommend. Definitely. I feel like that's a huge tip for our yoga revealers because even, you know, so many of us are teachers and yoga practitioners and maybe, you know, some of us still have desk jobs. I remember at my desk job, one of the main reasons that I was able to excel is because I was focused on what I was eating Mm -hmm. and not having to go away from my desk when I had my lunch and I had my lunch, my meal prepped already done. I could sit there and have my little kale salad with the quinoa. And I had, um, I would always do like a really yummy mung beans, sprouted mung beans with curry. And that was my jam. You know, people would be like looking at me, they're all going to lunch, getting their fast food. And I'd be sitting there at my desk, knocking out, you know, all the cold calls and all the other things that I needed to get done. And, uh, it was just a really efficient way to not only get what I needed as far as the nutrition goes, but also have that time to myself to be able to really enjoy my meal. Yeah. So I feel that that's key planning. Um, with that being said, I wanted to segue into um, what do you have set up for, you know, people who are really looking to optimize their lives for the new year? Yeah. So I've got a few really wonderful things that I'm working on right now. So along with my um, best friend and business partner, Whitney, who you met a few days ago. At, yeah. Whitney's awesome. Yeah. She's such a sweetheart. She's such a dynamic and um, an incredibly wise individual. So teaming up with her, we've got something brand new we're doing called Wellness Warrior Training. It's a 10-week 
uh, guided audio course where we're going to be doing live video calls and giving people one new audio module a week where we're going to be covering health and wellness. We're going to be covering food and nutrition. We're going to be covering mindset. We're going to be covering uh, overcoming limiting belief systems, engaging in healthy relationships. Basically, everything I talked about nourishment at the beginning of this podcast over the course of 10 weeks, guiding people through that program so they can start before 2019 starts. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's this this mad dash, right? January 1st, everyone's like, oh, gym memberships, meditation, yoga, <laughs> eating healthy. And they overwhelm themselves with, I think, too many things to take on. Yeah. So I think by us releasing this training gradually, week by week, we give people a chance to start to practice and integrate things to set them up for sustainable success rather than taking on too much all at once. It's the way. That's yeah. the way. I always tell people that, you know, the best thing to start with is a day-to-day practice of meditation or a day-to-day practice of like really like having a few moments of mindfulness. Yeah. And I feel like it's just like anything. If you chip away at it, it's a lot easier than trying to eat the whole thing in one square meal. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure in our society, right? For people to to up level and 10x and crush it. And, and people, I think, try to bite off at, to your point, more than they can chew. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is anything, any practice that I've ever done, whether it's veganism or yoga or meditation, mindfulness, starting a business, there's a sense of a slow burn and a gradual integration. And I feel that on a cellular and a mental level, for most people, gradual integration and starting slowly with your new practice leads to sustainable success. There are a few people that can go cold turkey and head first into like a lot of things all at once. But I think that that's the exception, not necessarily the rule. Most people, they do better going slow and just, you know, easing on into something. Yep. Take your time and focus your mind. Yeah. Those are the two things that I feel have really helped increase my productivity. Um, With that being said, uh, I want to leave our Yoga Revealed listeners with five steps that they can take to really help their new year become the best year yet. Mm. I would say, number one, if you are going to set resolutions, um, I would pick no more than three to five um, because I think that having um, a very minimalist, simple, clear strategy starts with making sure that your resolutions are clear, simple, and minimalist. So that would be number one is don't overload your plate. Number two, I would really, really anchor into answering why. Uh, As an example, a lot of people, a big one is weight loss, right? Like getting in better shape. And some people are like, there's nothing wrong with this. There's no judgment. But I, you know, I really want to look good, good, look good for bikini season. (laughs) Very cool. I can dig that. But a deeper answer to that question, why could be, you know, I want to lose weight because I want to extend my longevity and live longer. I want to have more energy to play with my kids. I want to feel better in my body when I look at myself to have more sense of self-love. Like, these to me are deeper, more soulful answers to the why question than I want to look good for bikini season. So I think anchoring as an example in exploring what a deeper, more soulful why is, that's the thing that helps carry you forward when there are those mornings that you don't want to go to the gym because there will be the mornings you do not want to go to the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another tip too, I can think is just like I said, um, be gradual about it. Um, A lot of people want to like hit the gym and start lifting, you know, heavy ass weights from the get go, yeah. or they want to go from a standard American diet to being fully vegan overnight. 
Baby or go steps. from practicing no yoga to going to yoga every single day. Right. You know, it's like all that kind of stuff is hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think a lot of that is um, people doing it out of a sense of deprivation or not enoughness. Mm. And so I encourage people to anchor in the sense that you are enough exactly as you are right now. And that there is more expansion and more evolution waiting for you. But be mindful of if you're doing something for the excitement and the joyfulness of your evolution and expansion, or if that motivation is coming from a sense of not enoughness. It's a very fine line, and I think it's an important thing to be clear about. Um, the other thing I can recommend is having an accountability partner. You know, when we are integrating a new practice in our life, is having someone who deeply sees you and loves you and wants the best for you, either doing it together, you know, you find someone to go to yoga class with, maybe find somebody to prep and eat more plant-based meals with, whatever your thing is, whatever your resolution is. Having someone you can count on to check you with love, it's so powerful, so powerful. That's the truth, man. That is the truth. Well, I really appreciate you just diving into those steps because when it comes down to it, understanding that we can take on these huge projects with steps really helps us to break it down to the granule level where mm -hmm. it's easily integratable. And I'm so into, you know, really looking at things from the big picture, you know, creating organizing charts, creating objectives, and then breaking down those objectives little piece by piece so that you can really look at them at the large scale on the granular level to really knock them out proficiently. Yeah. Uh, and with that being said, I, I want to ask you, what is your why? What keeps you going? It's a fantastic question. Hmm. So I've known ever since I was a child that I was very empathic, very, very sensitive, very empathic, could, could feel without them even saying it could, could feel people, you know, feel what was going on in them. And without really putting it into words in my younger years, recently I, I kind of reflected on my life and, and came into sort of my, my life mission statement, if you will, this kind of overarching thing that I, I suppose is the big answer to the question why, which is with everything I do, with whatever I'm touching, with whomever I'm interacting with, the intention and the why is always how can I bring joy to this person or this situation and reduce suffering with whatever I do, whether it's the books or the music or the food or the yoga or the adventures, you know, any, anything that I put my hands on, as we are talking about the healing power of hand, anything I put my hands on, the why is always, I want to increase joy and reduce suffering. Yeah. That's a beautiful why. That's, that's very simple yet very profound. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and... I want to hear your definition of yoga. Ooh, you are, you're getting into some good questions <laughs> at, the, at the end here. <laughs> yoga to me is the practice of presence and compassion and seeing myself and others in every single moment as often as possible. I really like that. That's the divine reflection. That is, that's really the yoga, you know? Yeah. Because we have the opportunity to interact with people on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's, you know, the people that we're able to touch from our hearts that we truly connect with and can create something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. Well said. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> we're in it together, man. Here we are connecting, you know? It's yeah. happening. Yeah, it feels great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. My and pleasure. And for all of your wisdom. I want to leave our yoga revealers with one golden nugget. That golden nugget could be a simple phrase or a word to help them on their journey, no matter where they are, when it gets hard, when it's tough, this is the golden nugget that will help you get through. When in doubt, dance. (laughs) Dance. And why dance? Because there are times when we get so much in our head about things in fear, anxiety, projection, past conditioning. And I really feel like there is something about the vibration of putting on one of your favorite songs and dropping right into your body and just dancing it out that creates so much joy and so much clarity so quickly. So when in doubt, dance, baby. Dance it out. Yes. Well, you hear that one, Yoga Revealers? You better put your dance shoes on and dance this one out. This is why we listen to these all the way to the end because all the goodies come right at the end. Much love to you. Thank you so much for your time, Jason Robel. I really appreciate you. May you continue to shine. Thank you, blessings, and namaste. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into the Yoga Revealed podcast. Be sure to check out Jason Robel online at Jason Robel, that's W-R-O-B-E-L dot com for his upcoming events and Wellness Warrior training course. Yoga Revealers, let's thrive together. Let's make sure to share this episode with a friend or someone who needs it. Give us a five-star review if you truly appreciate the interviews that we do. This community is shaped by you. Blessings and namaste. Live light, shine bright. Peace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365 day returns.